Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right, good morning, everybody. It is great to see you guys. Thanks so much for being here. We are in week two of a series that we started last week entitled, I Wasn't Prepared for This, right? If you are not there, you will be at some point. There will be things that will crop up in your life that you didn't see coming. It feels like there was almost no way you could prepare for them. And we're going to talk about some things that you could do right up here at the beginning of 2019 to prepare for whatever is about to happen next for you. Whatever season of life that you're in, there is something that is about to happen next. Some of it you can see. You're about to graduate. You're about to get married. You're about to have a baby. You're about to have your second baby, third baby, fourth baby, fifth baby, whatever baby. Your babies are about to start school, elementary school, middle school, junior high, high school, college. All of those are milestones, huge You're about to uh, make a huge financial purchase, your first house, your second house, whatever that is, a big car, whatever. We're, We're all on the cusp of something big next. And it's important that we leverage wisdom for these things because I've heard it too many times, and maybe you've said it, you've heard other people say it, that I wasn't prepared for this. And some of these things we can see, some of them we cannot. And and what I mean by that, even if you can see what's coming, many times you don't know what you're going to need when you get there. And just because you know what's next doesn't mean you're prepared for what's next. Those are two different skills. We talked about that last week. And uh, this week, as we get rolling into this, this second week in the series, uh, it's important that we, we talk about this because in our society today, when we don't know what's next, we have resorted to kind of collectively into reviews. We read reviews. Don't, don't we all do that? Like, I remember uh, back in the day, you're not going to believe this, some of you who are younger, but back in the day, when you went to go try a brand new restaurant, it was a complete gamble. You had no idea whether it was going to be any good or not. Now, how many show of hands, how many, the last time you tried a restaurant you've never been at, how many of you read a review before you went, right? Leslie and I, same too. I mean, almost every one of us, we, yeah, we do this all the time. We read reviews on things before we buy them, before we go to places, before we vacation there. We get, we, we do this all the time. There's, because there's somebody who's already been there, done that, knows what you're about to experience. It's funny because one of the pastimes that I love is mountain biking. And this may seem kind of funny, but even before I go try a new mountain bike trail, um, I will go and look at information. And you may, some of you may be kind of amazed by this, but there are like mountain bike trail nerds out there that that's all they do. They, they write about it and they think about it all the time. And they write these amazing reviews on all these different trails of places where there are rock, rocky technical sections and there's scenic routes. And if you go in the back loop, it's like the best part. And they'll tell you all about it. And some people take it even a step further and they will strap a GoPro camera to their body, right? And they'll go ride the whole thing and then post it on YouTube. And you're probably, some of you are thinking, who would ever watch that? I watch those things, (laughs) right? 
And so for years, my brothers, my two brothers and I, we're, we've been trying to plan a, a mountain bike trip up to Colorado to go do together. We finally got to do it last summer. But before we got there, we were going to be up in the Breckenridge area. We knew we, we wanted to hit these trails. So I started watching all these videos on a bunch of different trails. Well, one of the videos that I wound up watching was this video right here. This guy taking this particular trail over bridges and all kinds of stuff. That wound up being my favorite trail. Me and my brothers, I didn't even know it existed until I watched this fool's video on it, all right? Because he'd been there. He did it. He videoed it, and he showed it to me, and it changed my life. And I can't wait to go back and go ride that trail again. Even watching it makes me want to leave and go ride my bike right now. I, I love it. It was so much fun. But we look to other people all the time to give us knowledge we don't now have because we need that knowledge to make better decisions. This is where this becomes so incredibly important these days. That we have all had these moments where we would say, we look back at the past and we would say, if I knew then what I know now, if I knew then, really what we're saying is that if I had the wisdom, knowledge, and experience that I have right now, way back then, I would have probably made different decisions. And consequently, I probably would have had a different life today if I had known all of what was going to happen, if I had all this information back then. And part of the trick, part of the, the, the important thing to figure out in life is how do we get the knowledge that we need when we need it at the time that we need it? How do we get that? How do we get that wisdom? How do we get that knowledge? So that we can make better choices and decisions for our lives. This is one of the things, the challenges of our world, whether you call yourself a Christian or not today, everybody would agree, yes, having the right information at the right time makes for right decisions. It makes you get better at these kinds of decisions. So the question as we go forward today is how do you know what you don't know when you need it? So to answer that, I want to talk about two things that we forget because if we can bring these right up to the forefront of our mind, it will help us as we go forward. Here's the first thing that we tend to forget. We forget sometimes that someone else has experienced what you're about to experience whatever that is. We've got lots of people who have been through, you're getting ready to go through a surgery. I bet you there's somebody, maybe even in this room, that's already been through it. You're about to embark in a relationship or get married. We've got lots of people who've been through that. We've got lots of people who've had children. We've had people who have had C-sections and all kinds of surgeries and different things and losses in their life, and they can walk with you through it. They can bring insight and input that could be really valuable to you but we simply don't know how to find it or ask for it. And we're going to talk about that today. Here's the other thing we tend to forget. Someone else knows what you need to know, but you don't know. They already have the knowledge. They already have the information. And sometimes I've certainly been shocked to find out people who are carrying around with them unbelievable knowledge that other people need to know this guy or this girl knows this stuff. That is so helpful if somebody else could find that information. So today, we're going to talk about how do we begin to leverage that, because it's all around us. We're just not using it very well. Now, before we go any further, let me ask you, this is a little bit of a throwback, but how many of you remember the old game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Okay? And it was hosted originally by Regis Philbin. He had a lot of energy. You remember him? 
let's play, all right? And he would get this contestant, and they would sit down, and it was really just a series of trivia questions that got harder and harder, and every round, you got, there was more money at stake that you could win, all the way up to a million dollars. It was like the first game show to have that kind of level of money that you could win. And what was interesting is that as you went along, if there was a question you got stumped on, you didn't know the answer, you had these lifelines, right? And one of them was phone a friend, that you could call one of your friends presumably new information that you did not know. Here's a question. I'm not sure I'm going to call my friend Fred and see if Fred knows, right? And so on live television, you have Fred come over there and you ask Fred the question. And the idea was that maybe the information you don't have, your friend does have. And you can leverage that knowledge that will actually benefit and bless you and make you successful and make you wealthier, it's kind of amazing, but this idea that others, using the knowledge that others have for the benefit of your own life, sometimes we forget that that actually applies to every aspect of our life. And we forget this many times, but it's so incredibly true. And, and the reason this is so important is because many of the big decisions that we're going to make are tricky. They're tricky in the sense that they're very emotional decisions, especially the decisions that relate to love. Love and falling in love, and what is that future going to look like with the person that you love? And many times, those decisions are made almost exclusively out of emotion, with very little to no input given by anybody else. And those kinds of decisions that we make in isolation that are almost exclusively out of emotion, we almost certainly will live to regret those decisions. Have you ever been there? Well, you make decisions that are almost exclusively, and I'm talking about not just relational decisions, but also financial decisions, huge financial, just like relational. This is going to impact maybe the rest of your life, and you're making it without any wise input. Financial decisions we make sometimes, they're going to impact for years, decades into the future of your life. And we do this almost exclusively in isolation many times because we've convinced ourselves, I want this truck. I want this SUV. I need this car. I need this house. I got to live here. I'm going to do it. I'll work overtime. I'll give up my vacation for the next decade. I'll do whatever it takes just to have this. And we do that sometimes only to live to regret it. It's so important that we pause and we say, maybe, just maybe, there's somebody in my life right now that could bring some wisdom and insight and help me to be able to make better decisions. When it comes to these huge decisions and these transitions of life, we don't need introspection we need, and I'm making up a word here, we need more outrospection, all right? We need people outside of us that we invite into our life to give us perspective, wisdom, people who've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, they already know that story, they know how it ends, they've seen it play out over and over. You need to go seek those people out in your life, and we're going to talk about how to do that and why we don't do that. Today, as a matter of fact, at this point in the conversation, we're going to include, I think, one of the greatest voices that could bring such great advice and wisdom into this decision-making process from the Bible. He was a king, one of the most famous kings of Israel's history, King Solomon. He was considered the wisest man on planet Earth on the day of that he was alive, and really still to this day is considered so. 
And also, he was the wealthiest man on planet Earth and still is considered one of the top two or three, depending on what website you look at, wealthiest men to have ever lived ever in the history of humanity. And so with all that wealth and with all that wisdom that he had, you would think, I don't need anybody, would probably be his attitude. But here's the advice that King Solomon gives to everybody of his day and ours as well. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 4, he says this, for lack of, let's say this together, these highlighted words, for lack of guidance, a nation falls. But victory is won through many advisors. King Solomon is saying, hey, would you like to be victorious in some area of your life? Let me give you the secret. It comes from guidance. It comes from advisors. It's come from closing your mouth and listening asking right questions, and listen to the response that you're getting from other people. It's so incredibly important. If you want to be successful, you've got to learn how to include other guides in your life, people who've been there and done that. You know, if you're going to go on a, a really dangerous hike, you can go to some of the greatest peaks in the world these days, and you can hire a guide to get you there that will keep you alive, both going and coming from the top, and, can, and knows because they've done it over and over and over. They know where all the pitfalls are. They know where people get hurt or things where people get hung up, and they know how to get you past the most challenging parts. There are people in your life that can do that for you in almost every aspect of your life if you're open for it, looking for it, and be willing to submit to it. He says this guide, advisors. For King Solomon, he says, as a king, my decisions, I have seen the ripple effect to everybody in my kingdom gets affected by my decisions. Well, in a similar way, when you make decisions in your own life, everybody in your world gets affected even if you've convinced yourself they don't. No, 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 this is my decision, my personal, I'm the only one, and it's all about me, and I've got this, and it's really my decision, I'm going to do it. And you haven't really thought about, how's this going to impact all the other people connected to you? It's amazing how powerful that is as we begin to think about how it impacts the other people around us. Around us. But there's something that keeps us from asking the question, including other people. And this is the question I want to guide us over the next few minutes, is what keeps us from asking others? Because for many of us, we say, yeah, I know that. As a matter of fact, everything you've just said, Will, so far, I know that. I've got all that information. But if you're really, really honest, you would say, but it still doesn't cause me to ask for help very often. It still doesn't make me humble myself enough to be teachable and ask other people for their input into my life. And so why is that? What keeps us from asking for that kind of help, that kind of guidance, that kind of advisory role in, in our life? Well, here's the first. I'm going to give you three, but here's the first one. We think we already know. Isn't this right, guys? This is why we don't pull over or ask for directions or even listen to Siri sometimes. Right? I know I've done this before. I'm like, I know if I just keep driving around, I'll eventually find my way out of here. You know, something will start looking familiar. It's a boy. But it's so true. We just, we just blow it off. We don't submit. We don't, we think I got this. I already know. And we really don't. We don't got this. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 12, King Solomon says, do you see a person wise in whose eyes? In their own eyes. There is more hope for who? For a fool than for them. And Solomon here is saying, watch out for the big P word, pride. 
Your pride will cause you to get arrogant. I already got this. I already know. I know what I need to do. I know, and, and pride can blind you to your own weaknesses. I heard a story recently I thought was really funny. This was back in the 1960s, actually the mid-1960s, when Muhammad Ali was at the height of his uh, prowess as a, as a fighter. He was the heavyweight champion of the world, and he had boarded a plane. And uh, so here he is. Yeah, it was a long day, evidently. And he's on the plane, and a flight attendant came up and said, Mr. Ali, we're going to need you to put your seatbelt on. To which uh, Muhammad Ali, in classic Muhammad Ali form, looked at her and said, Superman don't need no seatbelt, right? And to which she, this is so clever, she looked right back at him and he said, uh, Superman don't need no airplane either. Put on your seatbelt. <laughs> I thought that was great. Great comeback. But sometimes, he laughed, put his seatbelt on. But we sometimes feel like we are so, I got this, I know this, and we forget we're just humans. We've got weaknesses. And what Solomon is warning is that ignorant is much better than arrogant. As a matter of fact, the impact in your life, how it affects and damages your life, ignorant has a much smaller price to pay than arrogant. And the fact is, all of us, every single one of us start out ignorant. Ignorant just means you don't have knowledge. You don't have experience. Well, we all start off naive. We all start off without experience. And that can be fixed. Knowledge is something you can gain. You can be taught. You can gain wisdom. But arrogant is an attitude that blinds people, makes them think they already know when they have no idea what they don't know. And this is really interesting. To put it another way, knowing that you don't know is the first step to knowing what you don't know. Did you follow that? You have to be willing to admit that you don't know, and you get, I don't know everything, and you probably know something I don't, before I can gain what I don't know. Another way that Solomon puts it in different places is that humility is the first step to wisdom. In other words, Solomon is saying, I have tried and tried and tried. There is not another road into wisdom except through the town of humility. You don't get here without that. There's no way. You must learn to humble yourself, be teachable, ask questions, be open and honest and receptive to those around you, or you don't get to be wise. You only get to be arrogant because you think you know, but you don't know. And you've been around people like that, right? Not much fun. You've worked for people like that. That's no fun. That's a horrible place. Those are places where you say, I want to quit and go work somewhere else, but I have to have the money, so I will keep working, all right? But yes, we, we have all seen that, and it hurts. Solomon says in Proverbs 11:2, he says, when pride comes, then comes, let's say it together, then comes disgrace, like they're linked together, like a locomotive. When pride comes, it drags with it disgrace, but with humility comes what? wisdom. He says, I want you to see these two are linked, inseparably linked. You can't jump from pride to wisdom. It doesn't work like those are two different train tracks, two different trains. You don't get, they don't ever, they, they, they just pass each other. They don't ever intersect anywhere. You have to understand these are connected. Watch out for pride. Is there an area of your life where you're saying, I don't need no seatbelt. I don't need no help. I'm good. 
I don't want anybody speaking into my relationships or my finances or into my spiritual life. I don't want anybody giving me wisdom on how to raise my kids. I don't want to. Solomon would say, wherever that is for you, where you're saying, I don't need no seatbelt, I don't need no help, it ought to be like an alarm going off, a, a, a light flashing red on the dashboard saying, pull over now. It's an indicator that this might be the area you need it the most. This is probably the area where you most need to be humble to gain wisdom. So incredibly important. Why are we resistant to, uh, to, to let others speak into our life? Resistant to ask other people for help? First, we think we already know. Second, we're afraid to be honest, to be that honest with other people. Because when we start to get really honest, that people are going to get really honest with us. I have a few friends that I really trust. I have lots of friends that I trust, but these are some friends that, were, that are really truth tellers. They're really blunt. They're very direct. Some might say they're a little rude, but they will tell me the truth. It's important to have friends like this. Friends that won't let me get away with making foolish decisions. And I have found myself at times throughout my life with these kinds of friends not wanting to get all that honest with them because I know they're going to get real honest with me. They're going to tell me the truth. They're going to call me out on it. And let's be honest, when you're making decisions in a particular area of your life that you think, I think probably other people won't agree with this, they don't, they're probably not going to, people that I would consider wise and have more experience than me, they would look at this and say, that's not real smart. We don't want to tell them. You know why? Because we don't want to hear the brutal facts about our current reality. We would rather live in the fantasy world that we've created. I can just keep not paying this bill and, and maybe they won't notice, right? That's not how it works. It, we need to have people to say, look, this needs to be a priority and right now. And that takes guts. That takes courage. It is hard. It's scary to get that honest. And I've heard it said by other like small group leaders, even here at Brazos Fellowship, that when they're in small group and somebody just drops the guard and gets gut level honest, like, I'm just going to be honest, we're really struggling. As a couple, I'm struggling individually, I'm depressed, I'm going through this time, I'm going through this financial struggle, I'm going through this, I need help, I need prayer, I need, you know... Whatever, and once one, even just one person does that, the rest of the group, all, the, all of a sudden, will begin to drop the, the mask. Start to drop, really get, I mean, we can sit here and go, oh, everything's great, it's all good, we're all cool, everything's great, but it's really not. I'm hurting, and I need somebody to tell. I need some help over here. And that takes courage to do that. But our emotions, so that fear of what will happen if I get this honest, it, it blinds us. Emotion can blind us to true wisdom, and it blinds us to making wise choices in relationships. It blinds us to making right choices with our finances. This is why we offer things like Financial Peace University that Dawson talked about earlier. That's going to be a week from tomorrow, the 28th. Put it on your calendar. You need, some of you need to be there because you need that wisdom. You need to leverage. That information will make you a better handler of your finances. You will be wiser. You'll get more out of your money. I'm telling you, it just works so well. So many people have over and over said it changed their life. It's amazing. So I want to encourage you, leverage the wisdom God's put around you. Because many times, just like that story about Muhammad Ali, our weakness gets in our way. 
But here's the cool thing that I have discovered, and you will too, is that your weakness is a strength for someone else. You will find that, yes, I struggle with this, but somebody else has had amazing victory. They have learned how to get over this, and they can show me how to do it. How awesome is that? You don't have to continue to be a victim or a prisoner to a habit or something. Over and over and over, you can have freedom from it. But it comes from being honest and open and real. And that takes courage. And that is kicking down some major walls for some of you to be able to do that. And you, you really submitting yourself and seeking out people who could be a guide to you, an advisor. You need advisor people in your life. Well, let's talk about that for just a minute. Because Solomon said this in Proverbs 15, 22. He says, plans fail for the lack of counsel, but with many, let's say it together, many advisors, they succeed. Now, he says many advisors, not just one, but like trusting many advisors. There's something so powerful about beginning to trust someone and get open and honest with someone. It, it brings freedom. It brings strength. It brings healing. It transfers wisdom into your life. Like, it's the only way I know to have those kinds of things to happen. Some of you are saying, I need all of that, like crazy. This is how you do it. You open yourself up to say, I want someone else who's walking with God to show me how to do that. Because I haven't got this down yet. I'm, there's lots that I need to learn, and I'm willing to be honest about that. So what else keeps us from asking for what we need? The last one is that we don't know who to ask. We don't, we simply don't know. You know, like I would really like to ask for help and I really would be open to it, but honestly, Will, I don't know who those advisors and counselors are, the guides around me. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, Solomon said this. He says, walk with the, let's say it together, walk with the wise and you will grow wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. Again, just like pride and disgrace are connected and humility and uh, um, victory, or, you know, like the, all of that wisdom is connected. He says the same thing here. If you'll seek out, you got to be proactive, seek out wise people. It was amazing how it will begin to change the way you live. And it, but if you're a companion with fools, like you say, well, I've got a lot of friends, but, and they're a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but they're not exactly the kind of people I want to go to for advice. They're not exactly making the greatest decisions personally in their own life, and you need to know. I, I had a guy not long ago that told me that. He said, listen, Will, I, got, I, I keep making regretful decisions, and I, I kind of hate that uh, this has just sort of been a pattern in my life. And I said, take a look at your friends. Are your friends making the same kind of decisions? Yeah, actually they are. Maybe it's time to rotate in some new friends. <laughs> Maybe it's time to start including some wise people into your life, listening to them, seek them out. Most of the time, if they're wise, they're humble. So they're not going around saying, wise, I'm real wise. You want me to give some counsel? I'll give you some counsel. That's not the way wise people are. And if they're like that, they're not that wise, okay? But this guy came back to me about a year later, and he told me, he said, it changed my life. I started incorporating different people and I started making different decisions and I am like a different guy now. I'm closer with God now. It changed everything. And for many of you, one of the first steps you need to do is to begin to change your friendship circle. And one of the greatest ways to do that here at Brazos Fellowship is through our small group ministry. 
And this is the, the beautiful thing that's about to happen over this next week. Next Sunday night, the 27th, we're going to have an event right here in this room at 6 p.m. called Group Link. And if you are not currently in a small group, I want to challenge you with every fiber of my being. Please consider being at Group Link next Sunday night. Some of the greatest connections, relationships, surrogate families, if you will, that have happened in this church have happened through this ministry. The people looking out for each other, loving each other, helping each other through really hard times. I mean, way more than just the staff of this church can do. It's the church being the church for each other. It's powerful what's happening through this ministry. And I want to encourage you, go to our website, brazosfellowship.com, and right there on the opening page, if you scroll down to this, uh, there's a block that'll have group link on it. Click on it, and you can register. Even if you're like, I'd just like to get more information. I'm not sure I'm totally hook, line, and sinker in on the groups. Come and check it out. We want you to come and get the information. Let us help you to take the next step. And we really believe that this could be a game changer for 2019 for you. It is one of the, one of the environments where God seems to grow people the fastest. They go further faster spiritually in these groups than almost anything I've ever seen in my life. So I encourage you to be a part of that. Now, for those of you who have been in small groups, uh, maybe either here at Brazos Fellowship or other places, and you would say, I'm really you know, like interested in being a small group leader or at least assisting or helping or finding out what that means and being taught how to do that, I want to encourage you that if you are interested in being a leader, if you would just text leader info to 97000, if you'll just text that, we will send you some information and show you here's the next step. We want to help you to take that next step. So if you'll just text leader info to 97000, we'll get that to you uh, right away. So just encourage you to do that. So the question was, um, how do we find those people that we want to ask for help, that we want to get advice and guidance from? Let me give you three things right here at the end of the message that I think could be super helpful for you. What kind of person should I be listening to? The first one is someone who will ask you the tough questions, someone who's not afraid of you, someone who even when you're going through brutally difficult times, where everybody would say, oh my gosh, you're justified to act however you want and behave however you want, do whatever. Anybody going through what you're going through just needs to do whatever they want to do. But they would look at you and say, what is God trying to teach you through this time? What do you think God might be trying to do? Even though it's brutal, it's hard, no one would have chosen this for you, it's awful, it's difficult, but God is still working in your life. Where do you think that is? And how can you join him and to be able to move through this time? You need people like that. I need people like that. We all do. Here's the next one. Someone who has nothing to lose by telling you the truth. In other words, not your children, not your employees, not somebody who's working for you. It's like, I want to tell you, but you may fire me. Okay, uh, you don't want, that's not, that's putting them in, the, that is not fair to do to somebody. You, you can't do that. But getting someone who will look at you and tell you the truth. In other words, it's someone who cares more about you as a friend than they do the friendship. Like, I love you so much, I care about you, I'm willing to tell you something really hard to your face at the risk of maybe putting tension in this relationship. Like this, you might not like me for a little while, but I'm going to tell you the truth because I love you and I'm going to say it compassionately, I'm going to say it the best I can, but you need to hear this. Do you have people that you invite into your life that can do stuff like that? That's courageous. Not many people are willing to be that gutsy to do that. 
And here's the last one. Someone who is, who is where you want to be in life. You look at their life and say, wow, they have clearly learned some things I don't know. I look at their marriage. I look at their kids. I look at their finances. I look at their faith, their walk with God. I want to teach me what you've learned. Show me how to do what you do. And what's interesting is that the reason they do what they do, it's habits that they have formed over time. And if you hang out with them, you walk with the wise, you'll grow wise. In other words, if you just go along with them, make friends with them in life, they'll take you with them without even realizing they're doing it. They will teach you. They will help you to become more successful at life simply because they are making wise footsteps. Their decisions are wise because they have taken the time to become wise because they're humble and they've learned from others. Leverage that wisdom. It will change your life because it changes your decisions. If I knew then what I know now, we don't have to live like that anymore. There are people all around you that God can use to change your life. If we will be honest and open and humble enough to listen and to do the counsel that they give, these people who are walking with God, it's powerful how it can change your life. Here's the prayer of application I'm asking you to pray with me today. It's simply saying, Jesus, help me to be humble enough to realize my need for an advisor, for advisor people, and wise enough to listen to them. Like, really wise, like, really put it into practice, because you may have people like this already in your life, but you're just not humble enough to listen and to put it into practice. And so, Finally, it's just simply asking the Lord, help me to take the next step towards you today. Whatever that is, whatever that next step, maybe it's getting into a small group, maybe it's learning to be a small group leader, maybe it is getting into financial peace and finally getting your finances together and getting a plan and having a plan of action of success going forward, how to finally get your arms around it and make it work for you, not against you. Some of you don't even know what that's like, and it's, this is the time where you could have that breakthrough happening very soon for you. And here's what I'd like to ask. If you would bow your head in prayer with me and just ask the Lord to meet you right where you are today. Because there is wisdom around you that you have not tapped. There are people around you that would be happy to share and to be a blessing to you. But you've got to ask. And you've got to be humble enough to listen. Let's pray to Him. Father, right now we come before you and we just ask that you would open our eyes to the guides and the advisors and the godly people that you put around us that are already living the life that we hope to have someday. People who have the courage, the boldness to tell us the truth. People that are willing to ask us the, the hard questions. God, help us to seek those kind of people out. And it might be that we don't have those kind of people in our life right now, but maybe through the small group ministry, we can begin to foster them for the first time. If we will be honest and open and willing to be vulnerable enough to receive it. Right now, all across this room, if you would be open enough to say, God, I am open for advisor people. I want you to help me to begin to cultivate these kinds of relationships with wise people in my life. If that's a commitment you're willing to wait, make with me right now, because I'm going to make it right along with you, would you just lift your hand right now all across this room? God, I need wisdom. I, I, I realize that what I don't know starts from me confessing that I don't know and being willing to be open to what other people know. 
and that you would begin to speak to me through those relationships. Right now, God, I pray for us to be open to the wisdom that you've put in other people's lives, to be willing to listen to what you say through them and what you've already done in them and through their life. God, help us to be humble and not let pride bring disgrace and disaster upon us. We thank you for speaking to us today. May we put it into practice as we leave here. You may lower your hands. Lord, for those in this room that would honestly have to say, I want a relationship with God, but I don't really even know how to get started. I want to guide you in a prayer to help you get started right now. Would you pray right where you sit simply to say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want to know you as God over everything. And I'm trusting right now that you can forgive the sin that has separated me from you. That you can forgive me from all the stuff I've ever done, said, or even thought. And I'm trusting right now that when you died on the cross and resurrected from the dead, this historical fact was a moment when you paid the penalty for all sin, for all time. And I'm praying right now that you would apply that forgiveness to my life through me putting my faith in you today. And I'm asking you not only to be my forgiver, but the leader of my life. Would you just simply pray that? Jesus, I'm asking you to be the forgiver of my sin and the leader of my life. If you just prayed that for the very first time, would you just lift your hand right now and say, Will, that's me. I'm asking Christ to take over my life. God bless you right down here and over here. Anybody else? Giving it all over to Jesus. Anybody else? Trusting him. Or up here in the balcony. God bless you. Anybody else? Right back up here. God bless you. Thank you for opening up your heart to Jesus. God, thank you so much for those who are opening up their heart to you for the very first time. Lord Jesus, I know there's a celebration in heaven over every heart that's turned to you. And God, I pray, Lord, that these folks are being welcomed into heaven right now, that they are a part of your family, and that they are crossing over this line of faith for the first time to begin this relationship with you. And I pray, God, that you would help them each day, that your Holy Spirit would give them strength to stand with you, to walk with you, to, to, to make it through the, each day, and that they would link their life with other believers to give support and prayer and strength and healing where they're going to need it. And God, we thank you so much for speaking into our life today. Thank you for changing lives today. We pray all this in the powerful, amazing name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week and we'll see you back next Sunday. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.